Oh, there we go. I think. No, I was mistaken. I don't know how much outlaws we are, but this is the Renegades on Dirt, and we are bringing you the first episode of the Renegades University. You're on the line tonight, and this is Randy, and we got Kaylee Emerson and Paul Schultz in on the phone. How are you doing, guys? Good. Doing good. <laughs> we're uh, we're going to try and record this one. We've tried in the, in the past, and... We've had some issues, so uh, hopefully this one will make it make it through the airwaves. <laughs> We've mailed miserably. Yes, <laughs> which is expected. If people knew how many things we failed at them to just hear what they uh, get to hear, they might be surprised, or maybe they wouldn't be surprised at all. So, uh, it's me doing it, so it's probably no surprise there. <laughs> it's us, buddy. I mean, it's your fault, but it's us together. So, <laughs> something like that, anyways. Anyway. This is going to be the uh, first segment of Renegades University, and basically it's a, a breakdown of uh, how we think sprint car racing should be. Am I right, or am I incorrect? We, uh, we just want to get everybody, uh, all our new racers, and, and uh, you know some of the racers with maybe less experience, we want to get them up to speed as quickly as possible, and, and we want them to enjoy their uh, their time in our racing family, and and uh, it's pretty uh, it's pretty important that you know people know what they're what they're doing and they don't get frustrated right away and and not have a good good time. So so all this is uh, going to be about uh, you know people learning and sharing ideas and and I think Paul, you'd agree that uh, a renegade race versus uh, any other type of racing we've ever been involved in is uh, uh, a lot more open uh, information uh, area. People discuss a lot of things a lot more openly. Yeah, you get a lot of uh, yeah, a lot of questions and a lot of uh, you know, for for all of us, even even myself. Now I've been doing the spring car for a couple of years, and I still kind of have no clue. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of questions, a lot of learning as a group, and uh, but we're trying to speed that curve up and uh, keep safe, everybody safe, best we can, and uh, share ideas and and help each other out. Right, which is you have no clue. That's why we asked you to be a part of this because we didn't want you to upstage us. So, <laughs> no. <laughs> so well, uh, anyway, on, on that note, let's go back through this. And uh, Paul, tell us a little bit about yourself, about your racing career. Give us a brief overview of what makes Paul Schultz Paul Schultz. Okay, um, Paul Schultz. Um, I uh, have raced in the modified division most recently along with uh, a little bit of sprint car um i have history of racing uh super stocks and uh i got introduced to the sport mainly well through my dad and uh kind of grew up around it so i've i've been a part of racing 
uh, the ins and outs of it for going on 30 plus years already. And you've seen a fair, fair amount of success in doing it. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, for we, we've uh, been successful and it seems like in uh, whatever our team has set our minds to and, and uh, looking forward to the new challenge of, of moving on to the sprint car. But uh, we've had a lot of lessons learned along the way and hopefully I can share that with some other people. Now, this right. is the guy that uh, if you if you go back and and listen to uh, the interview with him on on this very podcast uh, that, that has one of his first nights of racing, um, you know he crashes the car and his dad asks him, "Well, where are you lifting?" and and he just gives him the confused look, you know, so falls a falls a throttle masher and uh, and has learned uh, a lot of lessons and that's why his experience is going to be so valuable. So thanks for thanks for coming on and helping us, Paul. Absolutely. And that was the dulcet tones of Kaylee Emerson. Kaylee, yes, I, I know that a lot of these people know you from late models and from starting this series, but they don't know your background. Give us a brief overview of where you came from in the racing community. Um. Well, I uh, keywords I brief. my whole life. I, I will. I'll try. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, when that's all I've ever wanted to be was a race car driver. And, uh, when I was, uh, when I was 14, um, I got the chance to start in a mini stock and I've basically raced everything in between a mini stock and, uh, and a late model at some level, um, and was able to, uh, be fortunate enough to get a ride to compete nationally, um, in 2005. And, uh, it was a very humbling experience, but, uh, um, got lots of laps, and like I said, I'm, I'm not very good at a lot of things in life. But uh, and I'm and not not to say I'm a good race car driver, but I've studied a lot, and I've I've known a lot of really really talented people that have helped me along, and that's what we want to do with this is just uh, help our guys along so they can enjoy it as much as Paul and I and and Randy, you're you're you've got some history. We need to hear about that as well. But uh, the three of us, uh, I think, together can can provide some insights and really help people. My, my history is pretty quick and easy. Uh, I was born into a racing family. My dad was a drag racer from the early 60s. And I grew up around drag racing, which fueled my love of cars and racing. Then as I got older with the racetrack across town, started out with a hobby stock, ran that for a few years, never had a whole lot of money. Um, hobby stock became a street stock, became a super stock. And I raced for about 15 years off and on uh, when I could afford to. And a lot of it was build your own stuff, do your own thing, and just go out and have fun and see how you competed. I tried to learn a lot along the way, and I wasted a ton of money. <laughs> but then, yeah, as we all did. <laughs> and I've, I've been involved in the sport in one form or another since then, you know, whether it was uh, taking pictures. Now we've got the video channel that I'm running. Um, the Randy cam thing, uh, I traveled around the country doing that. And I just, I still love the sport and want to see it progress and continue. And this way makes it a lot of fun for everybody because there's yeah, no, pr there's no pressures behind it. Nope. That's, uh, on all those points. I mean, that's, those are our people, the, the things you just mentioned. So uh, uh, one thing we want to bring up to everybody right away, uh, you know, there's there's going to be a lot of information here and there's going to be a lot of stuff uh, that we anticipate there'll be questions about. So, uh, Randy, how can people uh, send us a line and during these uh, trying, difficult times? 
um, how, how can they get a hold of us and ask us a question that we can get back to them on? Don't be afraid to take notes while we're doing this because it'll help you. Um, you can get a hold of us through our Facebook page at NR Sprints. It's facebook.com backslash NR Sprints. Um, we're also on uh, Twitter at NR Sprints. Uh, NRSprints.com. You can get a hold of us through there. I believe there's links to both Kaylee's email and the media email that are info at NR Sprints and media at NR Sprints. And Kaylee puts his phone number out there all the time. So if you look, you see it on Facebook, don't be afraid to give him a call or send him goofy texts or whatever. Yeah, text messages work really good. So basically anything but smoke signals, there's there's a way to get a hold of us. So, uh, um, and we love talking about racing. So so don't hesitate uh, if you're even curious about uh, getting involved or whatever. Um, I, the first thing that, that uh, I think it's the most important lesson in my mind, and, and Paul, you tell me uh, what you think as well, but um, I think the first, the first thing that I want every race car driver out there, potential race car driver out there to know um, is that you, you're going to be, you have potential to be your own worst enemy. And um, the, uh, the distance of your success will, will directly apply to um, your attitude towards racing and towards your fellow competitors and whatever. And, and if you're having a good time, you're going to be, be a lot more successful um, in this. And of course you're going to have a lot more fun too. Right. So, um, Paul, say a little bit on, uh, on revenge. I mean, where does, uh, where does, we're all going to get passionate and whatever, but, uh, you know, explain to everybody what happens when, uh, you focus on, uh, on revenge instead of, uh, uh, you know, winning or whatever. Uh, re- revenge is a tough one, right? Cause you mentioned, uh, you know, everybody obviously is at some point, uh, when you're on the racetrack and something happens that, <clears throat> you know, you feel you were wronged um, and uh, with the amount of adrenaline and everything and the passion that's involved in this sport, you know, it's very easy um, to lose your cool. Um, the downside of that is, and uh, you know, if you can mentally prepare yourself, basically every time you get out there is to talk yourself through if something goes wrong but is, uh, is repercussions. You know, one thing that we can't do, um, as dirt track racers, a lot of time is take it back uh, in the eyes of the fans and the people that are watching outside. You know, if if uh, for whatever reason Kaylee gets into me and I'm really mad at it and I crash him, you know, Kaylee and I can eventually talk about it later. But everybody in the grandstands is always going to remember basically how, you know, that person loses their cool or, or the consequences that you can't take it back from them. And it, and that's one thing that's a really hard lesson to learn. You know, I've, I can't even count how many times that I've been on the wrong end of that before and made the mistake or, or take it out on somebody that really had nothing to do with it because right. You can only see things from your seat. You can't see the whole picture or how the accident or how whatever even unfolded a lot of times is, is not even accurate from your point of view. Yeah. Your, your shield, I guess that's probably the best way to say that is the, the shield on your helmet is really, really narrow, um, and your field of vision is really narrow. And there's a lot of things that transpire around you and even in front of you that uh, you're not going to have the right perspective on. So um, you're going to be a lot more successful um, in the long run, just keeping your cool, enjoying yourself, um, 
you know, we're going to, everybody's going to take it seriously um, at some point and you're going to get wrapped up in the drama, but uh, you know, don't drive yourself crazy. Don't be your own worst enemy. So, I mean, if you can master that, which is almost impossible, um, you know, you're going to have a blast racing and, uh, and, and things aren't going to worry you. Um, the other thing with sprint car racing is retaliation, you know, uh, murder Not- is suicide, right? In real life. So, <laughs> you know, retaliation in a sprint car generally means that you're wrecking your stuff too, you know? So, uh, everybody ends up on their head. Nobody wants that. Um, there's definitely stuff and, you know, I don't mind the good old days when, uh, we used to, you know, duke her out in the pit area now and then, and then everybody'd have a beer after. I mean, that's kind of the spirit we're trying to bring back in a way is not carrying grudges for a week to week, but, uh, but just do yourself a favor and stay focused on what you're doing. And, and, you know, the time out in a race car is to me, it's the most special time there is because nobody else can get to you, your phone, your work, um, you know, all the other troubles in your life melt away. And it's just you proven to yourself um, and to the world, what your capabilities are. Um, and that's a measurement of success kind of brings me into the next, the next important topic is, you know, what, what constitutes a win? Um, you know, and if you think that winning the race is, that's all obviously the ultimate goal and that's what we're all out there for. But if you think that's the value in, in, uh, you know, joining us, our sprint car league or, or getting into any race car for that matter, um, then you're, you need uh, to stop. yeah. Yeah, uh, elaborate on that a little bit, Andy. I mean, you've been you've seen both sides. <laughs> I'm I'm the guy that was the perpetual field filler. I won one semi feature in my entire 15 years of racing, and yeah, that was great. But the guy that the only reason I won it is the guy that was running in front of me ran out of gas on the last lap. Now, granted, hey, wins a win, man. <laughs> right? I'm. I you were actually there to see that one, Kaylee. That was Don and Proctor. Yep. Yeah, I drove my butt off that race, but um, <laughs> what did you? Okay, so you didn't win, so that's a good example. What What did you get out of it? Like, what What made you keep coming back? You mentioned a little bit the love for the sport. You know, elaborate on that. I what had, is the value in doing this if you can't win? Throttle therapy. <laughs> it, it It was a lot of fun. You You get to get out there and do things and compete with other people on a controlled environment. And measure yourself against them. Well, I never really had a lot of money, so I never expected to win, but I was always driving myself to get the top tens. And there were there were some times where I got some pretty decent finishes and considered those basically I just won Labor Day shootout because I had put some pretty strong racers behind me, and I held them off, and I had some really good runs. And I had some nights that weren't so good. But just the absolute joy of being out there and racing and getting close to these guys and running with them, um, that was all I needed. I spent a lot of money well, doing that, chasing, and, chasing and Paul, the fun. Great. And, Paul, what did, uh, what did we used to tell each other when we were teenagers and have uh, we'd have a rough night or whatever? Um you know, and a guy would be pretty down or, or upset. I mean, I remember it and you, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I can, I can visibly remember saying this and, and having you and, and some of our other friends that we all grew up together racing, um, say this, like, even though you had a rough night, I mean, you got to do something tonight. I mean, you got to drive a super stock or you got to drive a mod or you got to drive a late model or even a street stock. You got to see something and experience something that most people 
never are brave enough or fortunate enough to have that opportunity. And I, I don't think that can be overstated. Um, is that, isn't that kind of what we used to talk about? That's what I remember. Yeah. 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 There, I mean, it is hard, hard to uh, take a step back, especially when you have a bad night, take a step back and say, you know, and so you're Kaylee is right. As a friend, you would remind yourself to walk up to Kaylee and be like, Hey, you drove, a late model tonight like no matter how it went that's pretty awesome you know and and part of that is is the attitude and no matter where you're at in your racing career if you're new which a lot of this stuff is kind of for our new drivers if you're new take your time like randy kind of mentioned to set goals right goal number one should be to build a safe car hopefully if you don't know how to do that ask questions, ask questions, but take your time at it. You know, the next goal will be, you know, simple, right? Finish a race. If that happens in one race, good. No, you worry about the top tens. You worry about the top fives or you worry about, okay, I'm going to start on the front row is way different than starting in the back row. And that, that just all rolls into attitude, taking your time and learning that there's so much more to this sport than carrying that checkered flag. Everybody wants that, but there's a lot more to it. And that'll come a lot easier. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, when you're a teenager and, and you, uh, you're on the market, right. For a girlfriend, like whenever you're looking, uh, you never find one, but whenever you get a girlfriend, it seems like there's girls everywhere. That's, maybe that's a poor analogy. <laughs> but, very, but, uh, very. Uh, I just, that's a whole I just, other episode there. <laughs> I just, uh, I, I think it's remarkable though, when how much more success, um, I've enjoyed. And I think Paul, you'd agree. And Randy, you probably as well that, you know, when you're, when you're just enjoying the moment and, and living for what it is and, I mean, living on the edge or finding where the edge is, most people are never brave enough to even see the edge or even have any clue where it is. But when you're a race car driver and you're really going after it, um, you know, you might never get out of 13th place, but you still get to see where the edge is and how close you dare get to it. Um, and that's something. That's To me, that's living. And that's you will enjoy way more success um, if those are your benchmarks. Um, it, it's my – that's – that's my little soapbox speech. So, <laughs> yeah. Now get off the soapbox. <laughs> right, right. Well, the last, the last thing that I want to cover, uh, you know, uh, today we're not going to try and overwhelm you with information. This is our, our third time basically recording this, and uh, this one so far I think is the best. But uh, <laughs> is you know conduct conducting yourself and realizing some of the points you guys already hit on. Um, when you walk into a racing facility and you put on that that fire suit. Um, it doesn't matter where you finish you you're somebody's hero and yeah. i mean you don't have to look very far on facebook um especially if you go to some of these uh some of these racing sites where the racers are interacting with each other and you see some of the stories about when they were kids um you know when i was a kid i used to sit on the curb and watch all the cars from hibbing had to go past my house to get to the racetrack and um i stood and, and cheered for every one of them as i went by my mom would bring me dinner you know on the curb and I would sit there on race night and wait for all the race cars to go by. And uh, a couple of them racers, uh, Kevin Davey is, is the most memorable one, who unfortunately is not with us anymore, um, stopped, you know, had the old short bus, um, you know, pulling the race car. And uh, the thing stopped one day and uh, something something fell out of the window and it drove off and honked the horn. And I ran out in the road and grabbed it. And there was a signed picture of his race car. And I mean, that, that still is a treasured piece. Um, 
because it was the first guy that ever did that, that ever noticed, you know? And so, uh, you, you have to conduct yourself and, and enjoy that as well. Like you are somebody you, you're, you're brave. You're, uh, you know, the people that come to the racetrack look up to you regardless of your abilities or where you finish. And, uh, um, to me, that's, that's one of the parts of being a race car driver. Like you're somebody, it doesn't matter if you're just a, you know, a regular person in life that, you know, you go to work and, and there's nothing remarkable No, when you're a race car driver, there's something remarkable about you. Um, and what, what is, what is your experience, Paul? I mean, how do you feel about that? Um, yeah. And I guess, you know, that kind of goes back to the, you know, my story about like the revenge or your attitude is, is you can't take, you can't take that stuff back. Um, you know, right. That there might be a kid, there might be a mom, there might be a wife or a daughter or somebody in the grandstands. And if, if, if you don't conduct yourself correctly, you know, it's going to negatively impact their experience. And, you know, it, you have a hard time. We don't have the platform to, to, to explain to them, no matter how justified you felt in that moment. And, and you are a hero to somebody in that grandstands. A lot of them don't know, how you get there or what you do for a living. All they, all they know is that you're a name, you're a car, you're a number on that car. They could pick you because you got the favorite color. Kaylee's, you know, the Hulk smash, you know I mean? You got, I mean, that, that could be how you get fans and you would hate to kind of ruin that for them. And fans will be your biggest humbling experience ever. You, yeah. you, if, yep. if your attitude gets out of line and you become this person that thinks you're the greatest thing since sliced bread, you're going to meet a group of fans one day that thinks you are nothing. Yep. And they well, will have and, no problems telling you that. And make no mistake, fans grab the sport. I mean, what keeps us and, and so many racers, I think, lose sight of this because of all the economics. But um, without fans, um there there's no there's if nobody wants to come watch us race we're just a bunch of guys screwing around in a field you know which um <laughs> you know might be might be what happens anyway now with, uh, with all the craziness in the world but but uh you know the fans are your lifeblood and they, they need to be treated as such and um, i'm gonna leave you with one quick story um uh, Harry Hansen was, uh, of course, he's he's a, uh, a sprint car driver now. And uh, but when he was a late model guy, he was uh, my son really looked up to him. And uh, one day, him and uh, another racer got in an altercation on the uh, on the backstretch of Grand Rapids. And Harry came through the pits way too fast, and he was hot. He was mad. And my son took off running, and my my mom was was watching him at the time, and she couldn't catch him. And he took off running down the pits, and he ran right into Harry's trailer. And Harry, of course, his face is red, and he's upset, and and uh, you know, not not probably ready to deal with a uh, you know a, a six year old, seven year old kid um, come running in there. But he runs right in, and he grabs Harry by the by the hand, and he says, "Harry, Harry, what happened?" And he turned around, you know, and of course he's you know, ready to fight, kind of. He turned around and uh, and immediately sees this, and and he said, "Hey, why did you drive through the pit so fast?" And he he dropped down to one knee and he said, "I'm sorry, buddy. I I was just really mad and I shouldn't have did that and that was wrong of me." And and uh, but how humbling, and I I'm sure that Harry would tell you, um, you know, that's the type of thing that people are watching all the time, and uh, um, you know, they would like it or not. 
you are uh, you are a hero, and uh, and you need to conduct yourself as such. So, any uh, any experiences like that, Paul? You ever broke a little kid's heart? <laughs> um, <laughs> he, he's gonna know. if we don't get the lunch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess you know specifically. I I don't know of any. I'm sure it's probably happened. You know, of course, because we as drivers a lot of times are disconnected from the grandstands where you hear the boos or you hear the cheers or you hear the comments. But obviously in today's world with social media, I mean, stuff still gets out there and it's all over. And of course, you know, some people's attitudes are like, well, if the fans, if the fans hate you, you must be doing something, you know, right or wrong or whatever. And everybody plays a part. But, you know, one thing I will comment on and, and this actually happened fairly recently is, uh, there was a there was a picture of my car or whatever on uh, on Facebook and and somebody made the comment about uh, you know that he does better in a sprint car than he does as modified or whatever you know and I, and I thought that that was kind of interesting and I and it helped me realize a little bit how disconnected and I don't know if there's a good answer or a good way to do it but how disconnected some fans um, are are from the sport because maybe what they don't realize is, you know, like Randy commented, a field filler or these people that are just on the track, you know, are out there for different reasons. Some are literally out there to get in a car, to get on the track, to, to do that. Some are out there just to win. And if they're not winning, they're having a horrible night. And, you know, I, my modified the last couple of years, you know, I was proud of what we did with it because it was outdated equipment and uh, we weren't spending the money um, that some of the race racers were. And we were happy with our top fives because we knew uh, where that fell in line with where everybody else was at. But from a fan's point of view, they only see you maybe as a fifth place car and they say, well, why doesn't he just give it up? You know? And so sometimes, <laughs> you know, Right. You kind of wonder, like, you have no idea. Like, the guy that's winning every night maybe has a quarter of a million dollars into that car, and I got $2,000, you know, like, that's pretty good or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, so sometimes I think as a fan, they get caught up literally in uh, counting checkered flags, and they kind of lose sight of of the little things, too, that as us as drivers consider a win. You know, sometimes yep. the fans get caught up in just a checkered flag. Well, and and that's, I mean, it's great to bring it full circle. That's, I mean, that's why you're a sprint car driver now. Um, you know, you didn't, I know we all wanted to be sprint car drivers at one point in our life, right? But we all gravitated to this, and this is growing because the economic side of it isn't nearly as, uh, as, as dramatic or, or influential, right? So, yeah, so you can... Uh, you, you, your skill when Paul Schultz straps on uh, that sprint car, because that's pretty much what we, what we do. Um, you get out there and and you, oh well, he's more successful in that. Well, not really. It's the same driver. You, you're just your talent shows. And so, if you've chosen the sprint car platform, the Renegade sprint car platform, to uh, 
to get into. I mean, you're already, in my opinion, you're, you're light years ahead because, you know, you, you just simply, you can spend a ton of money on it if you want, but you be, you know, you have to realize that you're going to get beat or be very competitive with guys that have very little into their cars. And that's what makes this cool because it's, to me, it's like a fist fight. Like it's whatever your skill is, bare knuckles. You're going to you get know. beat up a lot. <laughs> I'm pretty fast when I'm scared. Yeah, but um, that's running. You can't throw a punch for nothing. <laughs> Never had to because I'm fast when I'm scared. So anyway, but um, yes, yeah. Sorry to cut you short. But no, it's if time. I don't, it's we're going to be man. 20 minutes into into fighting. Uh, yes, and I I know Paul has to jump off here quick and feed his kids some lunch. Um. So Kay- Kaylee and I, you and I, you and I can continue on with this, and Paul can go feed his kids some lunch if he needs to. Yeah, well, I'm I gonna think- I'm gonna step away, so I'll I'll leave it in your hands, and we'll just uh, catch up another time. Sounds good. I'm actually good. I think. Uh, I mean, I uh, not that I want to be done yet, but uh, um, I think uh, I think this is a really good stopping point because the next kind of the next topics we talk about is how to, how to fit into the car and how to be comfortable. Um, you know, your belts and all that stuff. So, uh, this will give me the opportunity to look up, uh, I forgot to look up the current years, um, <laughs> what, what belts are even required now. I don't know stuff by art, so, so, but I think, uh, I think we should pay some bills and, uh, and, uh, well, I think we should talk for a couple minutes about, uh, um, you know, where the season is at and, you know, kind of what we anticipate uh, happening and how prepared we are for it. Um, and just burn up the last couple of minutes doing that uh, before we lull everybody to sleep. So uh, <laughs> you want to, you want to pay a couple bills for us? Well, uh, will I gather my thoughts on that. <laughs> that works for me. We got to thank TCB speed North and Rob K the guys down there in Harris, Minnesota. Uh, you need anything done for your sprint car. You need help getting it built. You need, Rails replaced, anything like that, the new safety bars put in. Get a hold of the guys at TCB Speed North. They are on Facebook at facebook.com backslash TCB Speed North. And Rob and the guys will get you set up, whether you need parts, repairs to your chassis, or anything else. It's TCB Speed North and the Minotrista Missile, Rob Keho Jr. Uh, we also got Palmer's Tavern, who's doing the curbside thing out of their kitchen. And trying to keep the doors open, trying to keep pumping out that great food that they've always got. Palmerstavern.com, Facebook.com, backslash Palmer's Tavern. Uh, Sandy and the gang down there doing a great job as always. And trying to make it through this interesting and turbulent time. Uh, Old World Meats down in Hermantown, Minnesota. Uh, Another essential business that's keeping the doors open with... uh, Call ahead service. Uh, they will meet you at the door with whatever you order. Uh, Paul Rosidlo and the gang down at Old World Meats. Keeping the doors open, the lights on, trying to keep you fed. Uh, we also got to think. Awesome, uh, awesome apop- apocalyptic food, right? I mean, you can't <laughs> be having a, having a whole package of beef sticks, you know, best beef sticks in the business. So I, I didn't mean to jump in there, but uh, <laughs> but that's, uh, that's what we've been snacking on uh, while we're stuck at home, so. We've also got to thank the guys at uh, Liquid Nitro Energy Drink, the herbal energy drink that helps get you the power to get to the finish line, and that's no bull. Liquid Nitro Energy, they've been a supporter of ours for a few years now. 
and we are glad to have them back on board for this year whenever we get to this year. I mean, it's, it, it's going to be an interesting and turbulent summer. I, I, I just, I'm not real, yeah, real sure where this is going to go or how we're going to come out the other side of it, but we're going to. Well, well and, the, and that, I think that's the main point, right, is that nobody knows. Everything's up in the air. I mean, we could throw out dates. We, we put our schedule out a couple of days ago, um, you know, and, and, you know, there's still some time before our season's supposed to start. So, um, you know, it's very plausible that, uh, you know, things are back to normal by then. And I think it's equally plausible that things are crazy. But uh, I think the, the biggest message I want to get out is that, uh, you know, there's there's so much information out there, you know, we actually talked for an hour before we started the podcast about our opinions and whatever. And, you know, I think it's safe to say, and Randy, you I mean, you're, you're welcome to contradict me on this. Um, but uh, I think it's safe to say that when we can safely, and, and I, I'm going to, let me, let me con- put some context behind this. Um, we're involved with uh, a bunch of, an email chain with a bunch of racetracks in Wisconsin and, and racetrack owners. Um, you know, we have a direct link to, uh, to Cedar Lake Speedway. And, uh, so we've got some of the thoughts of, of a lot of the racetracks in the industry. Um, and everybody's chomping at the bit. And then the, the message that we keep seeing over and over that, that we're, uh, you know, I think in agreement with is nobody wants to do anything that's, that's not, not safe. Right. Uh, we don't want right. to be responsible for anybody getting sick or, or perpetuating anything longer than it needs to go. Um, and that's kind of what's being echoed at all of the racetracks. Now, oh, now I think that uh, um, being able to uh, safely hold a, a sporting event, I mean, even if it's without a crowd um, and, and do that, you know, be able to stream it, we have all those abilities and we've already talked to all the racetracks about that. Um, we feel like we could put on a good show and we have a lot of people that are, are really excited to race. Um, you know, I know you mentioned there's a track in Texas or maybe Paul did, um, that's going to try and hold the event, you know, only the driver and one pit crew person and they can't interact, you know, and no fans and they're going <laughs> to, I'm obviously at home. <laughs> so, and there's Girl Scout cookies being delivered right now. So that'll add an interesting, uh, <laughs> I guess, but, <laughs> but yeah, so real life, it doesn't get more real than that. So, um, anyway, to, uh, to finish my thought, I mean, there, there's, there's lots of different ways to go about doing this and, and I'm dead serious, um, that, you know, if we have to, um, you know, if it comes down to, uh, tracks just can't open, um, but we feel like we can safely hold a race and not put anybody at risk, um, and have a know, venue to do we, it. Well, you know, but I'm, I'm not against, you know, literally gathering everybody in a field and with a makeshift track to just screw around or something, you know. I mean, I don't know what the future holds. I just, the message I want everybody to take away from this is that, you know, we're we're not going to be dumb about this. We're not going to be, uh, you know, just reckless um, and, and trying to do stuff. But, I mean, for example, we've ramped up. Uh, we got some really good guys, uh, Carter Chevalier and uh, – and Sammy Mars um, are are putting together a, a renegade racing i racing series, and you know since we haven't been able to focus on getting our series, you know, putting the show together yet, um, these guys have offered and and accepted the task of uh, putting together some place that uh, new racers and our racers can. Uh, <laughs> the dog is just going nuts. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, they're they're talking about forming an iRacing league. 
Um, yeah, yeah, and it's uh, we're we're hoping it's going to kick off as uh, soon as a week from from now. Um, and you know, we're we're recording this on a Friday, and we're hoping by next Friday, um, there's actually you know hosting their first event. They feel like they can do that, and and you know to ramp it up a little bit and add a little bit of uh, whatever. Uh, incentive maybe or or you know really want to use this as a platform to for people to understand what we're all about um the winner of the series is actually going to uh, uh going to get a night in a in a real sprint car to race so uh, pretty big pretty big news right there we don't know of anybody else that's doing anything like that and uh um, so it's uh that's pretty exciting um the and, a, and a pretty good way place. for a pretty good way for people to be able to pass the time um yeah you know, during this stay-at-home order that we're under in Minnesota that starts tonight yep. at midnight, um, really all that is for, it isn't to take away your freedoms. It's just to help try to reduce the spread of this unknown contagion, basically. Uh, yeah. And I, I, I call it that because nobody knows how to fight it. Right. And, right. and it's, uh, it's uh, you know, a lot bigger... Uh, a lot bigger subject um, that has so many opinions. I mean, like I said, we, we talked for an hour about it and uh, yep. um, it's, uh, you know, regardless where, uh, where you're at, you know, this is, this is the effort that we're all asked to be a part of. And, uh, and so for two weeks and hopefully that's it, um, you know, we're all going to do that. But, uh, but yeah, check out the iRacing thing. Cause I mean, what a, what a, there's no better way to pass the time um, to, uh, and then, you know, for those of you that, that aren't sprint car racers yet, um, but want to be, I mean, this is literally a chance for you to, uh, uh, it doesn't get any cheaper than, than this to, to get, <laughs> get into a sprint car for an actual night of racing. Um, as you know, obviously there, there's some expense with getting set up to do the racing, but you know, there's no, from what I understand there, you know, it's basically a subscription fee and you get to, you get to race and you can participate in the series. So, um, there's no dollars going to anybody. Um, they're doing this out of the kindness of their heart um, to get people involved in racing because everybody believes in it. And, well, and, uh, and it's a great way to network and learn a little bit and get to, get to know the drivers off the track too. Right. I right. mean, um, you get to go out and, and compete with them, virtually compete with them, and have some fun and learn a little bit more about what it's like to be behind the wheel. Yeah. You know? Yep. And it's and it's from what I understand and what I've seen, it's very realistic. And um, you know, we have some experience with some of the racing schools that that I've been a part of, with drivers that have have raced virtually but never in a real race car, and teaching some of them. And I'm telling you, they they come out of the gate. Um, you know, the hardest part for them to, to grasp is is kind of the environment because it's a lot louder and a lot uh, crazier, I guess, than uh, than sitting at your computer at home. But as far as the operation of the car, uh, no concern whatsoever. They, you know, I'm, I'm convinced if you can, if you can run, you know, for how many people are going to be a part of this, we believe, um, if you can win this series and win that, um, you know, to be perfectly honest, the race car that that person is going to get to try is probably, it's probably the color green and probably got a 15 E on. So yes. um, that's, that's uh, that's <laughs> that, that's the car that's uh, that's being offered right now. So, so, uh, but it's you know it's it, it I think it's just going to be a heck of an opportunity. Um, we feel like you know we don't know of anything else like this in the country going on. Um, so it's I mean, 
I don't know. It's a pretty big announcement, I guess. I shouldn't. Uh, I don't mean to overstep because we haven't officially announced it. But uh, hopefully, by the time you're hearing this, uh, we will have. But uh, but yeah. So check that out. Um, well, and I'm I'm sure that Carter's happens. I'm sure that Carter's going to have some sort of an announcement through the UMSS Facebook page. We'll mirror it on the yes. Northern Renegades yep. page. And, yep. and uh, I racing isn't just a one of those goofy things. It's got NASCAR involved. Yeah, if you didn't uh, see it, uh, the Homestead Miami Virtual 100 was won by Denny Hamlin, and uh, there was in the top three, guy actually battled with Hamlin and a couple of the other really big names at the front, and I think his name was Terry Hill. Oh, really? I have no <laughs> idea who he is. Absolutely right. none. He's the guy that finished in the top three at Homestead the other day. <laughs> He's, he's an eye racer and yep. you know, uh, but I, I listened to some of the stuff leading up to this and the NASCAR guys were getting serious about it because oh, they, yeah. they were practicing. Yep. I did see that. I saw some Kyle Busch footage and uh, some, I mean, it's a, it's the real deal and it's the only thing going on right now. And uh, um, yeah, it's, it, it's going to be fun. And what we're hoping in the long run, the reason that we even started down this path um, was we want to coordinate that with the racing school um, and, and hopefully we'll have our own, uh, some of our own equipment uh, in the future. Um, but we want that equipment to be at the racetrack so that our fans can, can virtually race and, you know, virtually try out a sprint car. Um, even though that they can do the real thing at our arrive and drive. And we'll get into that, uh, you know, further in the season when we know the dates, but uh, um, you know, the other thing is to get some of these racers when we can have an actual class um, together you know, a guy can stand right over somebody's shoulder and say, you know, here's what you need to do. You're, you're driving in too hard or, you know, and they can have some of that experience that's actually turns out to be very valuable, right. um, you know, right there in the classroom. Um, and, and the other thing that, you know, with the racing school, you know, this deal is not making anybody any money. Um, this is all about, you know, pushing, uh, Community. pushing is the wrong word. Well, yeah, it's, uh, this is, this is, you know, racers supporting racers. Um, you know, we're not we're not doing this thing to uh, uh, to make a make a new career path for anybody. Um, <laughs> it, it's know. it's not a money in the bank thing. It's an information share. Yeah, it's it just we it's we want to get you up to speed a lot faster than than the you know in the twenty five years of racing that that uh, we've done. Um, you know, you learn a lot. We don't want it to take 25 years to learn everything. You still got to beat us on the racetrack. So we ain't scared to tell you anything. Right. So <laughs> that's, yeah. uh, that's the way I see it. I know that's the way Paul sees it. So, and it, and it's information from guys that have been doing it and yeah. have learned lessons the hard way. Uh, <laughs> yeah. now, now granted, yeah. not everything that we, that is going to be presented through iRacing through this series of classes, <clears throat> quote unquote classes, um, is going to be beneficial for you. They're basically idea sets. Yep. Because every driver drives the car different. If I take well, Kay- and- if we take Kaylee Emerson and put him in Paul Schultz's car, Paul Schultz's car isn't necessarily going to give Kaylee a win because no, the setup uh, is different. Paul drives absolutely. different. If we put Paul and Kaylee absolutely. in the opposite cars, put them out against each other, the green one might won might win. With Paul, oh, in for it. sure, well, <laughs> oh wait, well, no. <laughs> no, I, I, I think that you know, with the with the racing school, 
Um, you know, I, I do think there's some information in there that a lot of, uh, you know, guys that have a lot of laps uh, will probably enjoy or could get some use out of. But that's why we've actually built it into uh, four different four different classes. So what you're hearing at the beginning of this podcast is basic one. Um, and this is just hitting the high spots, right? And then we have basic two, which gets more into the systems of the car and, and, and more driving techniques, which, which some driving techniques will be dis- discussed in basic one. We get into the advanced ones. Um, now it's more working together. It's not me telling you, um, this is how you need to drive the car. This is how you need to set it up. It's me telling you, this is how we measure it to set it up. Um, and this is what works for me and, and, and get on the track and try stuff. But you get into the last advanced session and, you know, there really isn't any instructors. You're just among the racers and we're, the plan is to all have our cars and, and we're just going to work on making them all faster, you know? And, uh, you know, if nothing else comes out of this other than guys, uh, you know, not being afraid to interact with each other and feeling like they can be open and communicate and spread that racing knowledge, uh, through the group, I mean, we're going to have some awesome shows. We're already at, excuse me, really good shows. Um, but when you got, instead of five guys, you know, that, uh, that are potentially, uh, you know, can win the race, uh, you got 20 guys that can all win the race. I mean, it's not going to be any more exciting. Uh, there's not, nothing else that could be more exciting than that. So, right. so and, we are, we are jacked up to get all this information. out. And, and co- moving, moving forward with it, we're going to, we're going to talk about, how to make the car fit you or how to make you fit the car. Um, more likely it's going to be how to make the car fit you because, well, Kaylee's six foot, 195 pounds. And I you, wish, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but then again, you've got Paul Schultz and people built like Paul Schultz, who's probably like five ten, five eleven, probably two forty, two forty five, 45, somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, and and all all chest and all muscle. I mean, he's uh, you know, un, he's, un, unless he went on a diet over the winter and became, you know, Pixie Pete. <laughs> no, no, he's, yeah, uh, Paul's a little bigger character, and then you've Paul's got people, a line, yeah, Paul's a linebacker. Then you've got people out there like me that are built like a damn whiskey barrel. <laughs> yeah. yeah narrow at the top narrow at the bottom big and round in the middle <laughs> uh, uh, but I, I proved last year that you could still squeeze a whiskey barrel into a sprint car and make it go around the track yeah no and that's uh you know that's why we encourage all the questions um you know if you're looking at sprint cars i mean uh some of the information we'll give you and then upcoming ones or what do the numbers mean um, on the, on the chassis, um, you know, all that stuff's going to get covered. So stay tuned to the renegades under podcast. Um, we, uh, we'll be <laughs> at so how far we got today. It's good. There's going to be, you know, four or five more episodes to get through uh, the basic stuff, which is good. We need more content and hopefully we recorded all of this. <laughs> Easy now. <laughs> all right well on you behalf know. of all of our sponsors tcb speed north uh palmer's tavern uh the uh the uh liquid nitro energy drink um which i happen to be enjoying right now um keller fence yeah, uh, well keller fence yep yeah, that's uh that's they're very helpful so uh, the guy over there owns a hell of a guy so so thank you keller fence when you need, yeah uh, thanks jim something so uh, we should also congratulate him too on his recent nuptials he is uh he is uh taking man he's off the market ladies so sorry about your luck 
the greatest pusher <laughs> yeah. on the planet is no longer yes. available. Yeah, whole t-shirt line <laughs> of uh, of pushing apparel will be uh, will be available in the Renegade trailer this summer when uh, when all the craziness ends and we get back to racing. Uh, we got some really cool t-shirt ideas, so uh, so look for that and um, stay tuned to the Renegade Under podcast. And with that, we will head on out and let people get about their days, and we'll go on. Up, on? We'll go on about our night. There it is. There it is. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, Randy. Thanks, Kaylee. We'll catch you guys next time. <laughs>